here on Main Menu, and glad you could be with us today here on Main Menu. We're always glad to see our returning listeners coming back, and we're glad you're with us today. And for those of you who may be new to Main Menu, welcome, and we hope you continue to come back. Hope we are able to provide you information that you find worthwhile, and will keep joining us every week for Main Menu. We have quite a list of things going on today on Main Menu. We're going to start out with the series on note-takers continuing. This week we will be looking at the five note-takers and how they deal with uh, the address book. And we'll see the demonstration of how each of those note-takers handle that and how you can put your contacts in, how you can delete contacts or edit those contacts. That's followed by Mr. Neil Uris comes along with the first part of his review of the new Olympus LS100 digital recorder, which is accessible with speech. And then compliments of blindbargains.com. J.J. Meadow comes to us with an interview from the recent CSUN 2012, and he will be talking to the people from Perkins Products about a new Braille display that they have just introduced and will be shipping very soon, within the next week. And I think you will find that to be a very interesting interview, and the device sounds like it might be quite a nice little device to use with your iPhone or your iPad or even some other way. We're going to get right on into that reviews, and we hope that you get a lot of interesting information out of it. If you have any questions about anything that you hear on Main Menu, please feel free to send us a message, and we'll try to get more information for you or tell you where you can get additional information. Let's get right on into the note-taker segment right now. This is Debbie Bach, Assistive Technology Instructor here in Minnesota, and today I'm going to be demonstrating the address list on the Braille Note. First, I'm going to give you an overview of what you can do in the address list. So I'm starting from the Braille Note main menu, and I'm going to go to the address list, type the letter A. Now I'm going to press space so that you can hear the options. And you'll notice that's the end of the choices. Now I'll show you how to enter a contact. So from the key list menu, and I'm on add address, now I'm going to hit enter. And I'm just going to hit enter again. And I'm just going to make something up here. Address at first name. 
So what I'm doing is I'm typing in the information that's asked for and then I press enter and it takes me to the next field and if I forget what that is I can make it repeat. Okay, middle name I'm going to leave blank. And that I could fill in if I want but I don't need to. So I'm just going to keep hitting enter. And... And then enter. Business phone number. Okay. Number site six one two three six two five two three six six five four nine. Okay. Cell phone number. Now I'm just going to go quickly through the rest of these fields so that you can see what they are, but I'm not going to fill them out. At this point, if I was done, I could simply hit the exit command and it would ask me if I wanted to save the record. I'll do that when I get to the end just so that you can see what fields can be filled in. And I'm just pressing enter to go through these. And that's the notes section. And that's the end. So now I'm going to add by hitting exit, and it's going to ask me if I want to save it. Exit notes, notes. And I'm going to exit again. Exit add this record. And I'm going to press Y for yes. Yes. Record added. Playlist menu. And then if I wanted to, I could go on to add more addresses. Now I'm going to show you how to browse the um, contacts that are already in here. So I'm back where I left off in the key list menu. So I'm going to hit the space bar. Address. Okay, now I'm going to go to lookup address. Look address. Now I'm going to hit enter. Selection list for address list. If I want to see all of my contacts, I can press enter here and I can go through them in alphabetical order. And I'm just going to, so it's given me the first one in my contact list. And if I want to go to the next one, I can. And if I want to go back, I can. Um, I have quite a lot of contacts, so I'm not going to go through them all now. Um, so let's say I want to see the information on auto body here then I can go through that as well. Okay, so, and if I want to get out of that and I want to look for a particular contact and don't want to have to go through all of them, I can exit. Exit selection list for address list. And then it goes back to that again. I'm going to start over just so that you can see. Exit. Key list menu. Okay, so now I'm back in the key list menu and I'm going to go for look up again. Okay, so let's see. Let's suppose I want to look up a specific person now. So I'm going to press enter here. Selection list for address list. And now I'm going to hit the space bar. Last name. And the neat thing about this is that you can search by any criteria that are entered. So if I wanted to space down to the phone number, let's say I saw an odd number on my caller ID and didn't know who it was, I could space down to the phone number and hit enter and type it in and hit enter and see if any results came up with that phone number. Right now I'm just on last name, so I'm going to type Anderson. 
And it found Andrew Anderson for me. And then I can go through and find out what I want to know about that. And then, of course, when I'm done, I can do the exit command. And notice it remembers what I searched for last. And then I can exit again. And I'm back to the key list menu. Hello, Main Menu listeners. This is Chase Crispin, and I'm here again today with the Battle of Note Takers that we are covering. And I am here again demonstrating the now discontinued but still very popular icon from Level Star and Braille Plus from APH. As you know, today we have been demonstrating the address book or contacts features on all the various note takers, so that's what I'm going to be showing you today. On the icon in Braille Plus, your contacts is called address book, and it can be found in the tools menu. So I'll press 5 to open the tools menu, one word processor, and 7 to open address book. It's opening now. Address book. Contacts and contacts empty list. Now you hear that we are in the address book and it said contacts in contacts empty list. With the icon in the Braille Plus, you have the option to organize your contacts by folders so that it doesn't get all cluttered up. The folder called contacts is the folder that the Braille Plus or icon will launch by default when you enter the address book. I do not enter any of my contacts in the main contacts folder because I like to keep them organized into categories so I can find them easier. So just like if we were in Windows in a tree view, we can press left arrow to get to folders. Folders, contacts, 106. And we here I have six folders. So the contacts folder, which is the default one, the empty one we were just in, if we down arrow. Teachers, 206. We have my contact info for all of my teachers. Main menu, 306. And then for this demonstration, I've created a main menu folder. So to open a folder, just like expanding a tree view, we use the right arrow. Contacts, main menu, bishop, step one of 14. And we are now in the main contacts list. As you hear, the Braille Plus organizes contacts by their last name. If you, it always does last name, comma, first name, and they're started alphabetically by last name. So if we go down, Cavallo, Rich, 14. Charleston, Ryan, 14. so you hear how those are organized. Now, I have entered the show's contact info, that is the main menu at acbradio.org email address, and I know because I did not enter a last name, I just put main menu as first name, that that would automatically get sorted to the bottom of the list. So I'll use the shortcut key of holding down the down arrow to move to the bottom of the list. Main menu 14 of 14. And there's the main menu contact. If we go into the menus, Address book menu. One new contact. We can view this contact's contact info. Two edit contact. We can edit this contact. Three add contact. We can add another contact. Four delete contact. We can delete the currently selected contact. Five send email. We can send an email. Five send email. And that's our only options. If you were in the email program right now, one of your menu options would actually be to add the contact info from the email that you're currently pointing at to your address book. So there is actual integration between the address book and the email application. Let's go all the way back to the top of the list. One view contact. To view contact and press select and see what we get. General tab, first name, main menu, middle name, blank. There's, these are blank fields. Blank, internet tab. And now there's other fields in that first tab, which are not showing because they're blank. Internet tab, email addresses, main menu, menmenu.radio.org, default, one to one, web page, http, slash slash menmenu.radio.org. And so you're seeing all the info that I have entered. So let's press cancel. Contacts the main menu, main menu. We're back to our list of contacts. Let's go to the menu. To edit contact. The second option is to edit the contact. General tab, first name, main menu, middle name, land, last name, land, home phone. Now we can enter a phone number, cell phone, a cell phone number, street address, etc. Now, as you heard earlier, you heard general tab and then you heard internet tab where it showed the email address and the web page address. So to move from tab to tab, there's other tabs also. There's a business tab, a personal tab, and a miscellaneous tab. So you have all of your contact info separated into sections. So if I know that what I want to enter 
is specifically in the internet tab. We can use pound, which serves as the alt key plus right arrow. Internet tab, email addresses, main menu. There's menu the internet radio tab forward. again. Professional tab Gets company. us to ACP radio. Professional tab. Miscellaneous tab. Prefix. Land. And a miscellaneous tab. So if you know what tab the information you want to enter is under, you can use pound, which is alt, plus the left and right arrows to move by contact info tabs. Let's press cancel to get out of this because I don't want to edit this contact. Are you sure you want to cancel without saving? And I'm sure, so I'll press OK, which serves as yes. Contact the main menu, main menu 14 of 14. You go to the menu. Address book menu. One view contact. Edit contact. Three add contact. Now the add contact form I'm not actually going to go into because it looks a lot like the edit contact that we were just looking at. It's the same fields and we would just enter the information in there and press OK to save. Or delete contact. Here we can delete the contact. Now I'm going to just delete this and show you how it works. Let's press select to delete this. Are you sure you want to delete main menu? Are you sure you want to delete? Push OK. Contact the main menu Woodbridge, David 13 of 13. And now we've deleted that. Since that was the, at the bottom of the list, it's now showing you what's now at the bottom of the list, which is David Woodbridge's contact info. So that's how deleting a contact works. And finally, the last option in the menu. Address book menu. Going to the bottom. Five send email. Was to send an email. Now I'm not actually going to demonstrate the send email feature today because we're not going to go into the email program. But if you clicked on this, a new email would be created and the two field would be the contact info or the email address for the person that we just selected. And then we could go on our way to sending them an email. But I'm not going to actually go into that here today. So that's how the address book works on the icon of the Braille Plus. It's pretty simple. It's also pretty powerful. All the fields that are in there you'll recognize. There's a lot of info. This will sync with Microsoft Outlook, so that's why a lot of those fields might look familiar, because you can sync your contacts between your Braille Plus icon and your computer, which if you have a lot of contacts on your computer that you want with you on the go, this is a good option to have. So that's pretty much a very brief demonstration of the address book on the icon in Braille Plus. Hope this has been of help to you in comparing this with the other address books and contact applications on the other note takers. I'm Chase Crispin for ECB Radio's Main Menu. Alright, we are going to take a look at creating contacts and finding contacts on the Maestro. And I am setting again in the system menu and uh, again, I am going to be working from my Bluetooth keyboard, and I'm going to hit the down arrow to get into my system main menu. System menu, calendar, 114, C. And our first choice is calendar. Contacts, O. And here's contacts, and I'm going to hit enter. Closing menu, contacts dialog, contacts list box, humanware support, 1-888-723-723-P.com, All right, and the only contact I have in my uh, address contacts right now is humanware tech support, which, uh, of course, is there because uh, humanware is the company that put out the maestro, and so they were nice enough to put in their tech support. So that makes it a nice place to find it and then get the phone number right offhand real easy. And I'm going to hit the Alt key to get to our main menu. Opening menu, contacts, submenu, one of seven, end. All right, let's look and see what we have on our main menu, just so we have an idea what's here. And it says contacts, main menu, uh, submenu, which means there there is a submenu here. And we'll look at that in a minute. Categories, submenu, E. Categories, I could go in there and see what the various categories are. Edit, submenu, E. I could go in and edit a contact. Options, O. And there's my options for the contacts application. Help, submenu, H. There's help. Close, great, C. Close. Exit, contacts, X. Exit, contacts. Contacts, submenu, N. And we're back to the top of our list to the contacts submenu, and let's hit the right arrow. New contact, control plus N, N. And there's new contacts, and so let's go ahead and create a new contact. And let's hit enter there. 
Closing menu. Contacts. Properties. Dialogue. General page. Name. Multi-field edit. First one of five. Land. All right. It's asking me for my first name. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put in my work information. D-A-V-I-D. The way they do things here is they have your first name and then you down arrow. Middle band. And we're going to skip the middle name and we're going to down arrow. Last land. And last name. T-A-N-N-E-R. All right. And down again. Suffix land. And there, if you had a senior or junior or a third or something like that, you could put that in there. Job title blend. Job title. Uh, I'm going to say technology specialist. T-E-C-H-N-O-L-O-Y space S-P-E-C-I-A-L-I-S-T. All right. And let's see what's on down here. We won't fill a lot of this in right now. First David. Middle blend. Last hammer. Suffix stand. Job title technology specialist. All right. And so that's all we have in this first group. Now we can tab on over. Phone numbers multi-field edit. Business phone 106. Land. All right. We have a business phone. Mobile phone. Land. Mobile phone. Home phone. Land. Home phone. Business fax. Land. Business fax. Home fax. Land. Pager. Land. Business phone. Land. All right. We're back to business phone. And I'm going to go ahead and I will put in the business phone. Six, five, one, space, six, four, two, dash, nine. Oops. Nine, zero, seven, nine. All right. And I put in my business phone there. And that's all we'll put in. And let's tab. Email multi-field edit. Email one, one, three, land. All right. Let's see how much emails we can put in. Email two, land. Email three, land. All right. We could put in up to three emails. Email two, land. Email one, land. And for purposes of this demo, we'll just put in our, our first email. D, A, D, D, I, D, period, T, A, N, N, E, R, at, S, A, D, period, M, N, period, U, S. All right, and we're not going to put any other emails in there. Business multi-field edit, company name, 108, land. All right, we could put in a company name. Company department, land. Department. Office location, land. Office location. Land. City, land. State slash province, zip code, land. Country, land. All right, so we could put all that in if we wanted to, but we're not going to do that right now, but you see that we can do that. Home address, multi-field edit, 315, land. And there's home address. OK button. And there's the OK button. And we Save. hit enter. Contacts that. dialog. Contacts list box. Tanner David. 651642-0795B. David.tanner.us202. All right. So now I've got two people in my contacts. If I up arrow. Humanware support. 1-888-723-7273B. Contact at humanware.com. All right. And then I arrow down. Tanner David. 651642-0795B. David.tanner.us202. All right. So that's how you put in a contact. And uh, obviously, no more of the contacts than we have right now. It would be quite easy to find contacts. If you got a lot more contacts, you could search. You could uh, change and look by category if you were looking for a particular category. Uh, and um, let's just show you what those categories are here. Category combo box, all contacts, 107. And here are our choices, all categories. Business, holiday, no category, personal, recent, seasonal, all contacts. And so there's your list of contacts. So that is the contacts settings and uh, how you enter a contact and the information you can get and you can store using the contacts slash address book on the Maestro. And I might mention that this is really nice and you can synchronize this with uh, Outlook. So if you are doing email and so forth, appointments and so forth, you have your address book in Outlook, you can synchronize this with Outlook. So uh, it is still quite workable with uh, Outlook 2010 and you can synchronize it with Windows 7 Media Manager, uh, Mobile Media Manager. So that's the content Contact Manager to get out of Contact Manager and get back to the main menu. We're going to hit Escape. System bar. Press the open down keys and to open the system menu. We're out. Main menu.
today we're looking at the contacts address book. I believe that actually on the PacMate it is called uh, Contacts. And we're looking at the uh, way to create a new contact, uh, how to find a contact, and how to delete a contact. And there are a couple of other options that you can also do. Just as with the calendar uh, that we've already talked about on the PacMate, the contacts list is available and the options and so forth for using the address book slash contacts is available by hitting a keystroke from the main menu and to do that we press the F2 key contacts contacts list view address David the move button use the arrow keys and <clears throat> so I pressed the F2 key and it brought me up into the top of my contacts list and if I arrowed down I would see each of my contacts and so what I'm going to do now is take you through a few things here and just show you first I guess uh, I'd like to show you a little bit about some of the things that you can do if you have a big list of contacts and so so I'm going to come down and I'm going to press my menu key, menu active, new, the move for items, press up or down arrow, and. which is uh, roughly basically equivalent of hitting the alt key if you were using Windows. And my first choice is new, and I'm not ready to create that new contact yet, so I'm going to arrow down, menu, M. and it says menu, edit. and I've got edit, send contact, copy contact, delete contact, options, dot, dot, dot. All right, and uh, under options, there's really only a couple of things there. Uh, basically, you can put in an option for it to search. Uh, my area code of the phone number and uh, whether you want all contacts um, are listed or not. View by. And here we've got a view by. And so this is if I am doing a search and I can do a tab. Name check. Name check. And I can view by name or company. Company. Name check. And that's the only two choices it gives me is I can view contacts either by name or by company. And so that's by uh, only two real choices. All right. Name check. Name check. And I'm going to escape to get out of that. Leave menus. And we're back out of the main menus and back into our, our list here of contacts. And now I'm going to go in and we'll create a contact. I'm going to hit the menu key again, which, like I say, is basically the Alt key. If you are familiar with the, the PacMate QWERTY keyboard, which is what I am using, um, the Alt key is actually the second key to the left of the spacebar. All right, we're going to hit the Alt key. Menu active, new, the move to space up and down arrow. And it's on new, and I hit enter. Leaving menus, name, colon, edit, type of text. All right, and it's asking me for a name, and we're, we're going to put in a big fake new person here. And it is Alright, so my, my new contact is Donald Duck. <laughs> okay. Uh alright. And I'm gonna hit enter. Field now. Name, colon, Donald Duck expand field one of thirty nine. The move that I can use the arrow keys. Alright, and now it puts me in a list of fields that I can fill out to create this new contact. And I arrow down to get to each of the fields, and so I'm in the top field, which is name. <laughs> and I down arrow. Picture colon, select a picture, dot, dot, dot. Okay, I could select a picture to go along with this person so that when when I saw a particular picture, I would know, oh, that's who that is. Of course, actually, for, for those of us who are totally blind, that wouldn't do any good. But remember, we are talking to the PacMate here, which is running on Windows Mobile 6. And the requirements to use the email and the calendar and the address book that are included in Windows Mobile were that it had to include everything. Uh, you couldn't leave anything out, even if it wasn't necessarily usable. And so the choice is here for a picture. So, uh, that was required, a thing required by Microsoft. All right, down arrow. Company, colon. And company, and I'm going to hit Company, colon, edit, type of text. And we'll put... D-I-S-N-E-I-C-W-O-R-L-D. All right, and I can enter. Field list, new company, colon, Disney World, 3039, the move, I use the arrow keys. And we put in the company as Disney World, and I'm going to down arrow. Department, colon. And department, I Department, colon, edit, type of text. And for department, we'll put... T-O-M-E-D-Y. And we put comedy. Field list, new department, colon, comedy, 439, the move, I use the arrow keys. And now down arrow. Top title, colon. All 
right. Subtitle. Top title. Bold edit type and text. We'll put M A S T E R space D U T K. And this is this title I put Master Duck. All right. Field list two top title colon Master Duck five thirty nine. The move to use the arrow keys. All right, down arrow. Pilot colon Duck Donald. All right. Work telephone. All right, I could put a work telephone in there. Yeah, if I wanted to. Well, let's. Work telephone. Left there six L six fifty one right there and type and text. And land land. Backspace out there and we'll put um eight 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 space and we'll put and let's see. Let's make sure we got that right. Four, three, three, two, one, two, three, three. That's what I thought. I got an extra three in there. All right. Field list two work telephone eight 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 nine ninety nine dash twelve thirty four seven thirty nine. The move to okay. use the arrow keys. So basically, as I get to each field, I hit enter on the field, type in the information, hit enter, and it accepts it and puts me back in my list of fields. And down arrow work type colon and work address colon expand field work address. I am colon. Okay, that's if he has an in, uh, an instant messenger email colon. And if he had an email address, we could put that in mobile telephone mobile telephone web page colon web page office colon office location home telephone home telephone home address colon expand home field. address categories colon no categories okay. dot, dot, dot. under categories now this is kind of interesting because this is one way that you can also uh, do a lookup is by category and so let me hit enter here and show you what those categories are category list new business object one of four the move to use the arrow keys all right they only give us four categories and that's business object holiday 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 object personal personal, personal. object seasonal seasonal or seasonal object right. automobile and then you hit the escape to get back out of that contacts field list new categories colon no categories dot, 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 17 39 right. other ad colon expect colon article colon home max colon company tell colon work to tell colon home to tell colon okay so I'm gonna go through all of these fields because there's a total of 39 fields and you know there's a second address a second work address second work um, phone number and pager and fax and all of that but I think you pretty well get the idea once you have put in everything you need to put in for that person you hit the escape key contact list new and now you've got Donald Duck in your list. And so now we can uh, go up one. Bob, Debbie, Doug, Donald, each Jenny. And that shows you uh, just the, the going up and down the contacts list. You see it put Donald Duck right in where he needed to be. And now he's there. So entering a new contact is really quite easy. It really is to search, uh, to look for contacts. One of the simplest ways is you just come in and narrow down the list until you find what you, the person you're looking for. And then if I'm on a particular contact, Doug, Donald. I can hit enter on that person's name. Summary page list box work tell eighty nine ninety nine dash twelve thirty four two or three to move to an item press the arrow key. And it will give me a summary. I can hit up arrow here in the summary page. Donald Duck Disney World Master Duck. All right, and it gives me the person's name. It tells me where they work and their job title. I got hit down arrow. Work tell eighty nine ninety nine dash twelve thirty four and down arrow again. Comedy department. And he works in the comedy department. Summary tab. Summary tab. And that's the summary tab. And that's basically what you get there. We're gonna hit the escape now. Post button. Contact list Duck Donald eighty eight nine ninety nine dash twelve thirty four number three six to move to the arrow keys. If I have a contact I want to get rid of, we can go simply to that contact. Yes, Kenny. Uh, Donald. We're going to go back to Donald because I don't really need him on my contact list because it's fake information anyway, right? Okay. So I'm on, again, I'm just back in my list of contacts and I reach up in the right hand corner of the keyboard and hit the delete key. Doug Donald dialog permanently delete this contact. No button to activate. And Presenter. it's sitting on no and I hit the tab once. Tap yes button to activate. And Presenter. it says uh, yes and it says uh, to hit enter. Enter. Contact list delete. Just Jenny Freeport. All right. And we deleted the contact and it's permanently gone. So that's the basics of the contacts uh, in Pacnate. You can synchronize this, of course, also just like the calendar. You can synchronize it with your Outlook on your computer, on any Windows computer. At this point, I don't believe that you are able to directly synchronize with a Mac. However, there are some get arounds to that to where you could do it. It would take a bit of work, but it could be done. All right. And now to get back out of contacts and back to my today's screen, I simply hit escape. 
the day AC connected battery 100%. And I'm back to the main screen, and that's context. Main menu. Hi Main Menu listeners, this is Rich Cavallaro, here to give you a demonstration of the address manager found in the Sense Notetakers. My focus is currently on the address manager off the main menu of applications. I'm going to push enter. Search address. Last name. Edit box. And the first thing to present it is with, with a search screen, which allows you to up and down arrow through the various fields and search for the desired record you want to search based on every data you enter. I'm going to push control N, which is the hotkey. Address. For a new address, a. And I'm going to put myself in here. C a B a. For the last name L is Cavallaro. First name, first name R is Rich. I C H. Company and name. I'm going to title. Edbox. Put. Edbox. Edbox. Home max. Company home. Ed company max. Home street address. Edbox. Home city. Home state. Edbox. Home state. Why? Your home zip code. Edbox. And put my. Home country. Home country is U. U.S. S. Company street address. And company, 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 File, which you can create in Microsoft Excel. Export the CSV, X, you can export to a, a CSV file. You can set it to automatically back up your address list, um, which is good if you ever have a system crash and you definitely want to back up your contacts. Um, by default, it prompts you when you exit the address manager. Company you can hit Escape and hit Alt F4. Yes. And we're going to hit Backup Changes and hit Enter. And that's a brief overview of the address manager found on the Ascend's note takers. Battery level high. Hello, everybody. This is Neil Ewers of Ravenswood Productions in Madison, Wisconsin, and this podcast is on the Olympus LS100 recorder, released. February 2012. I just turned it on, and you heard the sound it makes when it boots up, 
Plus, you heard it give you the battery status, which it always does. One note if you're following along with me, the output level or playback volume comes all the way down. It's a mechanical knob on the left-hand side of the recorder near the top. So you'll want to turn that up some so that you can actually hear what happens when you turn on the recorder. Because the first couple things you get are the clock set, which you can just enter by and not have to worry about, and whether or not you want voice guidance on or off. So you don't want to miss those prompts. My overall reaction to this recorder? It is, bar none, the most fantastic handheld recorder I've ever reviewed. Okay, that's saying an awful lot, Neil. As you can tell, its internal microphones are very quiet. They're cardioid. I can go left, I can go right, it has quite a nice spread. Its external microphone preamps are also very quiet. One of the things you like is that you have a choice of inputs. You have an eighth inch mini jack, which can either be microphone in or line in. Yes, friends, it does have line in. And XLR quarter inch combo jacks on the bottom. The quarter inch jack is in the middle. The XLR is around the edge. And the XLR input will accept phantom power 48 or 24 volts. The only recorder I've heard that's quieter is my sound devices recorder, which costs thousands of dollars. And it is not that much quieter, I have to say. So, given that, what does it look like and what does it do? Before we get started, let's talk about what's in the box. There is a box in which there are two boxes, lots of boxes. So you open the first box, and then there's a big box and little box. The big box contains the recorder, and in that box there is a window through which you can feel the recorder. You can actually pull the recorder out of that window without even opening the box. Now people have had trouble finding the battery. If you look in the little hole where the recorder used to sit, there is a little cardboard tab that you pull up, and under that, guess what, is the battery. If you actually open the box in which the recorder came, you'll find the following items. A very nice case and a strap. The case is quite sturdy, rubberized feeling, zip up, and the recorder fits in very nicely. A USB adapter, which actually comes in two parts. The plug is removed so that it can be localized for your particular area of the world, and you simply slide that into the adapter, and there's only one way in which it goes. A USB cable that plugs one end into this adapter and the other end into your recorder to charge the recorder. Or you can use the same USB cable to go from the recorder to your computer. You also have a USB gender changer from female A to male B. There's no software, no earbuds, none of that kind of stuff. Just the basics. The second smaller of the two boxes contains the manual and it actually opens from the side so that you can actually open the box and read the manual as if the box is now the hardcover of the manual. Quite fancy. And I believe that's all that's in the box. And if I've left something out, someone will tell me, and I'll make sure to tell you. A description of the recorder. What is its shape? It's kind of like a brick. I don't mean that disrespectfully, 
If you have the Zoom H4n, it's almost exactly the same size. It is 6.25 inches long, or 159 millimeters. The width is 2.76 inches, or 70 millimeters. Its thickness is 1.32 inches, or 35.5 millimeters. Weight, 9.8 ounces with battery, or 280 grams. The microphones are at the top. I'll talk about them in a second. At the bottom is where the XLR plugs plug into the recorder, and I'll talk about them too, but what's interesting is that the recorder isn't thick enough on its own to have XLR plugs go in easily, so they had to extrude the face of the front a little bit at the bottom. So on either side of the front at the bottom, you feel a little outdent, and the plugs go in the bottom of the recorder and go up through that outdent, if that makes any sense. People say it's a rather strange-looking recorder. I don't find it all that strange. It looks like the Zoom H4n with some little humps on the bottom. The microphones are a little different. They're not overlapping like they are on the H4n. They're, as I will say later, outward-facing to give you a greater spread. If you hold this recorder so that the face is pointing toward you, the microphones are on the top. They're out-facing microphones, one on the right and one on the left. Each microphone points out at a 45-degree angle, giving you a separation of 90 degrees. And there's a little bar that goes between the microphones and sort of wraps around the outside of them. You can actually feel the distinct mics. They're not in some kind of grid. Below the mics are a couple logos on the face, and then you have the display. Left of the display, you have a column of three buttons, the first being Home, because when you start out with this recorder and boot up, you're at the home screen where you can multi-record and do a bunch of other things. So you have to get past that, and I'll tell you how later. The next button is the list button, and the bottom of the three buttons is the menu button. To the right of the screen, you have two buttons, one above the other. Up and down arrows, I'm not sure they're arrows or they're, they're simply increment buttons that you can go up or down with. The only thing I know that they do this far is adjust the playback speed. I'm sure they do more. I just haven't figured that out. The manual is not all that well written, so it's sort of experimenting as we go. Below the screen are three very small buttons, but buttons that are big enough to feel. These are your function keys, and you can have them do any number of things. For example, if you're in one of the folders, the second function key, the one in the middle, and it's raised a little bit, will actually take you to the input menu. And you can decide whether you want XLR, line in, internal mic, etc. You press enter, and you're back to where you were. Below the function keys are two sets of buttons, one on the right and one on the left. The set on the left, it's the right, left, up and down arrows, and the enter button in the middle. The arrows are a circular ring. I don't think there's any distinction between where the right arrow starts and the up arrow starts, but they're easy to deal with. You press it to the right for right arrow, left for left arrow, up and down for up and down arrows, and I have had no trouble with that, even though there are no separate buttons in this circle. It's all one ring. The middle button, as I said, is the inner button. To the right of these are the transport buttons. There are two columns of two buttons. So 
So there are four buttons altogether. The top left is stop, the top right is record, the bottom left is play, the bottom right is erase. You press record and it beeps and you go into record standby. You press it again, you go into record. You press it again, you're paused. You press it again, you go back into record. And the beeps are different with each of these, so you know what you're in. To stop, you press the stop key. And that's all that's on the front of the recorder. On the right-hand side of the recorder, at the very top near the microphones, is the volume knob. It's a ganged knob with one channel in the outer ring and the other channel in the inner ring so that you can turn them both together. This way you can keep the channels even when moving the volumes up and down. Underneath the level controls is the battery door. It has a switch. You push it up to open the battery door and down to lock it. The battery door swings out and we'll talk more about the battery and inserting the battery later. The left-hand side of the recorder has two rows of buttons, one toward the back of the recorder and one toward the front or face. The one toward the face has the following. The on-off switch, which is a spring-loaded switch, just like a lot of other Olympus recorders that you might be familiar with. It's actually quite a long switch and feels like braille letters, so you don't have to worry about sliding your finger off of it. You slide it down for a second or so, and let go of it, and the recorder boots up. It may take uh, maybe five or six seconds to boot, and then you hear the sound we heard earlier. To turn it off, you do exactly the same thing. Hold it down for a second or so, let it up, and you'll hear the I'm off sound, or whatever it's called. Below that is a jack for the remote, which does not come with a recorder, but you can get it. And below that is the USB port. The list of buttons toward the back of the recorder include the playback volume, the volume that I talked about earlier. It's a manual knob whose edge sticks out of the recorder, and you use your thumb or whatever finger you want to turn it up and down. Up is toward the top of the recorder, and down is toward the bottom. The headphone jack, the line-in mic-in jack, which is, as I said, eighth inch, and below that are two switches for phantom power. Up is on, down is off, and there's one for each channel. The first one is left channel, the second one is right channel. And that's all that's on the left side of the recorder. On the bottom of the recorder, the end furthest away from the microphone, you have your two quarter-inch XLR combination jacks, one on each side, and a little hole that feels almost like a USB plug, but it's not. It's actually how you attach the strap. I haven't done that, and I'm not sure how it's done, but if you want a strap, that's the way you do it. The back of the recorder has the speaker at the top near the microphones, and the mounting screw in about the middle of the back, mounting screw used to mount it to a camera tripod or a microphone stand. And one final touch, on the back, on each of the corners, are little rubber feet so that the recorder doesn't slide away when you put it on the desk. It is very stationary. You can operate it without worrying about it falling off on the floor. And that is the description of the recorder. Now, let's talk about the battery 
and inserting it and inserting the card. What's unfortunate is that the battery goes in in all four different directions. It's a battery that you push in. It's almost like a, an SD card. You push it in. It's not spring-loaded. You push it in and you feel a little resistance once you get it most of the way in. And you push a little harder and it clicks. And I thought, what if I have mine in wrong? How do I get it out? I pushed on it, nothing happened. So it's not like a card in that you push on it and it clicks back out. I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? And I finally figured out that if you open the battery door and turn the recorder so that the side with the battery door on it is toward you and the top of the recorder or the face of the recorder is facing up, the battery door opens to your right. At the bottom left is a tiny button that when you press the battery will spring out. Now, getting the battery in is interesting. The battery is rectangular. There's a top and a bottom, which is not as long as the sides. So the sides are longer, top and bottom are shorter. You put the bottom in first, so it goes in sort of standing up instead of lying on its side. On the top, on the part of the battery that's going to be nearest the door, on the edges of the battery, there are two little tiny flanges that stick out. You don't feel much, but there are two little rounded edges that stick out just a little bit. On the bottom are some contacts that you can feel. The contacts are sort of off to one side of the bottom. So the battery goes in such that the contacts are closer to the bottom of the recorder than they are to the top. They're closer to the XLR jacks than they are to the microphones. Now to insert the battery, what I do is place the right-hand edge of the battery just a little ways into the slot and then tilt the left hand in. What you have to do is get it beyond the little latch on the left-hand side that's what you press down to get the battery out. So you have to push it a little bit, not too firmly, but enough to bypass this switch or release mechanism and the battery then slides down into the recorder. It won't be in all the way, though, as I said, unless you push down on it and hear it click. Then you close the battery door, and all is well. And while we're talking about the battery door, the SD card goes in the same door. It will take an SDHC card up to 32 gigabytes, an SDXC card up to 64 gigabytes. If you have the recorder in the orientation we were using earlier, and the battery door has swung off to your right, above the battery there's a little slot, which is what the card goes in. The active side of the card, which has the little grooves at the end, goes up toward the top of the recorder, or the face of the recorder. It's like almost every other card slot. It's spring-loaded. You push it in, it clicks, you push against it to take it out, and it slides out a little bit, and you can take it out. I rarely remove mine, because I mostly use USB. And while we're talking about USB, let me clear up a couple things that I wasn't sure of either. If you have your USB setting set to computer, it will act as a storage drive when you boot up. It actually turns itself on if it's not already on, and you can't use it while it's in this mode, but you can get files off of it. And actually, you can copy files to it. 
I usually put them in an empty folder. I haven't tried putting them in a folder that also has other Olympus recordings in them. But, for example, I'll put an MP3 file in folder B, and it will play, and so will a WAV file. It can't be 24-bit, though. It has to be 16. While you're using the recorder connected to USB, it is charging. There's an orange light that comes on when it's charging, so you can charge it from your computer while it's plugged in. All right, let's say you want to plug the USB adapter that comes with it into the wall. It's a little square box, and you plug the USB cable into that and into your recorder. And even though you haven't put the recorder on AC adapter, you plug this into the wall, the orange light comes on, and you're once again charging. So you really never have to change the setting in USB except for one thing. If you put it on AC adapter, you can operate the recorder on AC power when it's plugged into the wall, or I assume when it's plugged into your computer. It is no longer at that point using the battery. I'm not totally sure of this, but that's what I gather from partly reading the manual and partly talking to other people. But the short of this is that if you really just want to charge up your unit or copy files from it, you really never have to change the USB setting. Well, further research has demonstrated that operating the recorder on AC power does work and isn't using the battery. The reason I know that is that I took out the battery. It works either by plugging into the wall or by plugging into your computer. What's interesting is it says battery high. And you think, oh, it's using battery, except that there wasn't a battery in there. So it's, um, it's smart enough to not use the battery, but not smart enough to know it's not using it. <laughs> I said earlier that when you boot up this recorder, you're on the home screen. There are a number of items on the home screen, which you can right and left arrow to. We'll talk about them when we talk about menus. When you boot up, it always lands on recorder. If you simply want to do a simple recording, here's how you do it. The quick way is that you press the center button three times, and then you can either play or record. But let me tell you what you go by when you do that. The first press, you're actually in the folder list, and you can arrow up and down. The problem is the voice prompts don't read the folder names. It simply beeps. There is one higher beep when you get to the top, and that's folder A, so you can sort of figure, okay, you've got five folders, now I'm at the top, what do I do to arrow down or up or whatever? If you press the center button or enter button a second time, you're in a folder list, which is a little bit different. Now you can up and down among folders, but if you right arrow on a folder, you're now in the file list of that folder. And much like a computer, you can arrow up and down that file list. Again, nothing reads. It is simply beeping at you. If you pressed it the third time, you're actually in folder A, unless you've changed folders, and you're now in the file list. Now, rather than going up and down through the files in this part of the interface, you go as you would normally go, right and left. Forward for next track, backwards for previous track, etc. This recorder comes defaulted so that if you're playing a file and you hit the right arrow key to go to the next file, it goes to the next file, but it won't play it. You have to go into the play menu 
and do list to make that happen. And we'll talk about that also when we get to the menus. If I'm in a file and I hold down the right or left arrows, it skims through the file, but there's no sound. So it is a little hard to know where you are in the file, but that's what we have. There is no sort of fast speed playback of the file as you're skimming through it. And I don't know whether it speeds up after a point or not, so it's something you'll just have to play with. But the simple thing is, as I said earlier, if you just want to record in folder A, you turn the recorder on after it tells you how high the battery is, you press the center button three times, press record for record standby, and press record again for record, or you press play to play the file as you want to play. Welcome to Blind Bargain's audio coverage of CSUN 2012. Brought to you by... The Journal of Visual Impairment and Blindness is an essential professional resource and the journal of record on issues related to blindness and vision loss. Subscribe now and get immediate access to news from the field, current research and best practice information, and a calendar of events. For more information, go to www.jvib.org. Now, here's J.J. Meadow. We're here with Gail Yarnow, the Director of Adaptive Technology Products for Perkins, and we are looking at uh, the latest in Perkins Braille displays. Uh, Gail, welcome back to uh, Blind Bargains. Thank you. So, what uh, you've done here is you uh, have imported the latest in uh, Braille display technology, uh, what you are calling or branding the Perkins, Perkins Mini. Perkins Products Mini. Perkins Products Mini. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? The Perkins Products Mini is a 16-cell refreshable Braille display with cursor routing keys, mm-hmm. Braille input keys, navigation keys. It will connect to Apple devices, PCs. Works with DAWs. Will work with VoiceOver. It will do. It can do Braille input and Braille output. The mm-hmm. little extra is that it has very basic note-taker features. So, for example, I have put a Bookshare BRF file into the display, and I can just sit somewhere unconnected to anything and read that book in Braille. Okay. Which formats I will, will it read? I'm sure about BRF, BRL, and TXT. Okay. So you have, it's a, the, see what we have, we have the regular, you have eight dots of, um, of the Braille input here. Yes. A, the space bars, the, the display is between the space bars. Right. And the display, I noticed an interesting design choice, it's a little recessed. Uh, it's dropped down from the, uh, the dock keys. Right, and on the right and the left ends of the display, you feel, it doesn't quite feel like a button, but it's a button. Those are panning buttons for moving forward and backward 16 It's kind of oh. like, yeah, it fits your finger, mm-hmm. and you can kind of slide your finger yep. and, and slide, and you exactly. have... The, and then if you look on the on your left-hand side, mm-hmm. there's what looks, it's the cutest little thumb drive you ever saw. Mm-hmm. There's an SD card... So it uses mini SD cards and thumb drives to transfer files back and forth. And the product comes with both of those, the SD card and the thumb drive. Mini SD, not micro. It's, it's, okay. it, I don't know, it's little. Right. And, <laughs> and it comes with a card reader for your computer that will hold that size SD card. Okay. And you have some uh, some routing buttons. What are those buttons on the front? Uh, there's small ones and a couple of large ones in the middle there. Um, you have to show me what you're talking about. Uh, in front of the display, you have two larger, oh, those are space those bars. Are space bars. Those, are, those are joysticks. Two joysticks, one on either side. So there's yep. a, a down and then, you know, pressing the thing straight down and then a left, right, up, down. It's inside of a case that comes with it as well? It comes with it. Yes, it does. It's a, what's that material? Fake leather. <laughs> it's a leather case. 
but it's it's a it's a it's a thin housing, but it does basically cover everything yes, but the does. but the ports. And it's and it comes in and out of that case fairly easily because there are mm-hmm. no snaps or tight things, so you don't like squeeze the thing in. If you oh, it's it's a soft magnetic uh, right. home. Yes, exactly. But there's also if you look at this isn't so good on radio, but the um, this part just flips out, so you can get this display out if you want to really easily. Okay, that's so there's a little flap in the front. And you flip it up, and then you can slide yep. the display out yep. of the case. So it's in there in a sturdy way, but mm-hmm. you do want to take it out. Sure. You don't have to struggle to get uh, it back. Power switch on the right side, uh-huh. and then it, it's uh, is it USB, Bluetooth, both? Yes. And you can charge it from USB as well? Yes. What is the uh, battery life? 10 to 12 hours. Okay. And uh, what is the, and, you, and this is available now? or? Uh, we will be shipping on March 20th. March 20th. Uh, for how much? 1549 Okay. Um. In addition to that, there is uh, the uh, the latest uh, trailer from Perkins, the next generation, next generation Perkins trailer. It is it <laughs> is a next generation trailer with a few improvements that are um, they're not really obvious visible improvements. The mm-hmm. the casing itself is a little more durable. They put some other material into it that makes it less brittle. Okay. And they're um, the next line and backspace keys, the little arms that support them have been made stronger. Okay. The paper feed mechanism works a little bit easier and the, the carriage return is easier to do and also the margins are easier to adjust. Do you find... Uh you're still selling these alongside the classics. Are, are both of them selling? I mean, well, I mean, is there, is there a, a preference a one or the other? A lot of classic trailers. So there's we no are, there's are, no plan to phase that out no, anytime soon. No. And then, so they will both be around. So for some people who prefer the uh, the, the construction of the next generation trailer, there's that, um, but they can still get the classic one exactly. as well. If someone purchased the original next generation trailer, is there a way to get those uh, changes into their uh, unit? No, there's not. Okay, so you just have to you would have to get a new one. Yes. What is the cost of that? $710. 710 says the one with the correct answer. All right. And if people want to get more information about uh, Perkins products and everything else you can do, how can they do that? If people want to learn more about Perkins products, they can visit our website at www.perkinsproducts.org or they can call our main number, which is 617-972-7308. Great. Thank you so much, Gil. You're welcome. This has been another Blind Bargains audio podcast. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest deals, news, and exclusive content. This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT Guys. Copyright 2012. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today on Main Menu. You have a great week. And we will see you back here again next week on Main Menu.